I don't remember the page for sure. It's 46 or 47. I can say that, I guess. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the page is 46 or 47. <laughs> so how did you get into Carbondale After Dark? Like, what what uh, what led? Is it H.B. Kopelowitz? I, I can't pronounce his last name correctly, I'm sure. but I'm not really sure. They just had, um, were going around Carbondale filming different things, and they came into the bar and asked me to be, if, if I would be, you know, photographed. So mm -hmm. I said, sure. So me and a friend of mine were standing over by the uh, ladies' room toward the uh, left side of the bar, and he snapped a picture, and then next thing I know, it's in the book. <laughs> Was there so. anything more than just the picture? Or no, like it, it just says uh, the picture, and it just says um, a proud drag queen and her escort. <laughs> so, no, you know, no names or no nothing. And I mean, majority of the people this day and time wouldn't recognize me because I was so little. <laughs> I mean, that's been probably 40 years ago. So, you've been dragging for a while, Blanche. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've been doing it for 44 years. So, yeah. And uh, that is the intro for episode number six of the WTF Carverdale podcast. Uh, with me in studio now uh, is uh, the person that many of us know simply as Mother Blanche Dubois. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I said before the show, if we want to give them your government name as well or not. Oh, okay. Um, it's okay. My name, my uh, government name is Stephen Hale. And my AKA, as we said, was Blanche Dubois. Been that name for many, many years, over 44 years. Do you remember how you first picked up the name Blanche Dubois? I do. Um, I had just came out and uh, I had fell madly for a gentleman and we lasted about two months and I was head over heels for him well then he decided he was going to break it off and I was devastated so I went to the local gay bar and that's where I met this drag queen which turned out to be my drag mother mm -hmm. um, she taught me the ropes and things her name was LaDonna and uh she could see that I was, you know, just devastated and depressed. And she asked me what had happened, and I told her. And uh, she said, I'm going to get you out of that depression. Just <laughs> wait till next weekend. <laughs> so next weekend, she brings me this humongous hairdo. And uh, they called them beehives back then. And a yellow feather dress. Mm -hmm. Canary. Yeah, it was bright yellow with feathers. And I said, what's that? And she said, well, just... Just sat down in the chair. So she got me all ready, and we went to the bar, and I had a great time. Didn't think a thing about my past guy or anything. And um, so we had a good time. So the next day, she said, we've got to get you a name. Well, we had gone to the, to the mall shopping, and my mom had noticed the change in my um, why I was depressed. And also, she gave me her charge card. <laughs> and her name happens to be Blanche. Uh-huh. So when I go to sign the the items I'd bought, I had to sign her name, Blanche. And uh, so that stuck. So she started, LaDonna started calling me Blanche. And she said, well, we got to get a last name for you. And I don't think your government name would be very showy. <laughs> Blanche? So <laughs> she came up with the Dubois, and that was from Streetcar Named Desire. Uh-huh. So, because there was a character in that named Blanche Dubois. And she was the town floozy. So I guess that's how I came up with that name, and it's stuck to me now. It's been there for 44 years. How many times have you told that story? Uh, many. <laughs> many, many, many. I would say several, but that's not the right word. It's, it would be many, many. <laughs> so because everybody just assumes that that's where that name's from, mm -hmm. the whole name, which part of it is, and the other parts was my mom. Yeah. So. That's that is a lovely yeah, ah yeah. It was a fun. We had a great time shopping. Bought lots of goodies. So. So you were. I mean, you were out when being out was not an easy thing. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, I can remember going into the bar. Um, 
not so much the underground because it was under the uh that's where i for the first bar i went to did the drag Mm -hmm. that was under which is abc liquor store okay so it wasn't so bad there and then that bar closed and then it um across from wendy's uh the new yorker opened up Mm -hmm. and that wasn't so bad because there was a back parking lot but then when that bar closed the the established bar that's been known for everybody to know um Main Street East opened up, mm-hmm. and it's right there on the, you know, the right down across from the Bank of Carbondale, which traffic is knee-deep through there. So I can remember when people were hiding in the bushes <laughs> and waiting on traffic to stop uh-huh. at the light so they could run, dart across, and get in the door. That way nobody's seen them. Because <laughs> it was kind of very taboo back then. Yeah. You know, it's, you know you were seen in a gay bar you were you know it was pretty pretty uh taboo so a lot of people didn't want to be seen so they would hide and dodge every angle they could till they could get in the bar you know that's a pretty different perspective from now where modern culture is very much about being seen and being visible versus having to feel like you have to hide yes exactly now now it's so flamboyant that you know, the more flamboyant you are, the 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 more noticed you are, and I mean, people like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, well, you're people too, right? You you like it as well. Well, <laughs> most uh, definitely. But I honestly could say I've been very flamboyant ever since I started. I mean, yeah. it was all about the big hair and the feathers and the sequin and the beads and the rhinestones. Now, so much it's not so. Um, a lot of the stage presents now are not as elaborate as they used to be. Mm-hmm. I think some of the entertainers have took the easy way out and wore uh, more sensible clothes instead of costumes. <laughs> so, but not me. Yeah. You never know what I'm going to come out in. <laughs> All you know is it's going to be bright. Anywhere from a, a milkshake costume to Ursula or uh, Cruella, you never know what I'm going to wear. And you so. do a lot of your own. You make yes, so make, much of what I you I make some of them. Then I have um, a couple of friends of mine. Um, Best friend Jody makes a lot of my costumes, and then I had a friend named Chris that made a lot. Um, and I just sat around, and generally what I do is um, if I hear a song that I'd like, mm-hmm. um, then my mind starts twirling, thinking, what could I wear costume-wise for that song? So, and then I go to these people, and and I say, do you think you can make this? And they can either make it or they either can't, so... Um, I have a, uh, I used to do the song Car Wars, and I have a car. Matter of fact, I was telling a friend about this yesterday, and they were just enamored by it. It's a made out of black patent, and it's got foam silver lame bumpers on it mm-hmm. that go around it, and it's got headlights that light up, and it's got the license plate on the back, and I did Car Wars in it. And, uh, of course, when I start out doing the song, we don't, have any of the lights on and then all of a sudden I hit one light, two light, and then I've got these beaming lights. <laughs> so yeah, you that's what I said. You never see it know what you're gonna see me in. Have you ever uh, have you ever done a sports themed drag? Do you ever do sports themed drag? I mean you're a huge sports fan. I have. Um um I have a matter of fact I still have it. I made a uh SIU Saluki cheerleading outfit. <laughs> and I did, uh, had pom-poms, and I did a song called Let's Hear It for the Boys. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, I think I did that probably Super Bowl weekend one time, mm-hmm. I think it was. Because, you know, it was big football theme and all, so I had had that made. So I actually still have it. That's great. And, I mean, I won't hold it against you that you were from Murfreesboro originally, football player and right all that. right you know gen- different generations of a carbondale murfreesboro yeah. rivalry i love my red devils <laughs> still do i wish this uh, virus would end so we could get back to the normalness of it and i could get my sports i look so forward to august and uh, right after that and then going into basketball season but things have been very much delayed were you a multi-sport athlete as a kid or were no. you just football no i like to play um uh baseball and basketball but i used to play football okay yeah so so were yeah. you uh born are you a born and raised murfreesboro kid yes. then or were you, okay 
Yes, I was born and raised there. Lived there up until um, back in the late 70s. I had uh, applied for a job with the FBI mm -hmm. as a file clerk, and uh, I got hired. I was really? one of the 700 people out of the United States, and uh, to hire, they were going around, you know, through the United States hiring, I think, over mm -hmm. 700, and I was one of them. And needless to say, I didn't last there very long in D.C. because I didn't care for it. Uh -huh. So I came back home, and I've been here ever since. <laughs> How long did you work for the FBI for, Blaze? About a week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually flew home on my birthday. I thought, what a better present. So, yeah, I had got rid of all my uh, drag and all my costumes and everything. You know, I thought, but well, I'm going to be this big agent, you know, eventually, and <laughs> and I'm not going to need all that. So I got rid of all of it, and then when I came back, I had to start revamping and getting things back. So, but I've had many, many costumes. I actually still have a basement full of them. So. I would have loved to have seen Secret Agent Blanche Dubois. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was the big joke, yeah. Yeah, they asked me if I was going undercover, um, and I'm like, no. So that Oh, was, there, that, there was, like, some bullshit on that, not some, not some like, positive yeah, reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a joke about that, but, yeah, that uh, was quite interesting thing. And I guess it was an honor to be chosen because, I mean, here they – we don't know how back then how how well they talk thought about somebody being gay, but I mean here I'm this big drag queen and mm -hmm. they're going all around, you know, past employers and my neighborhood, the FBI agents were out there and they yeah. were interviewing people, well what kind of a person is Steve and all this, you know, and here I'm this big drag queen and they're still, you know. Yeah. And I still get hired, so I guess they were kind of liberal back then also. So. Well, I think that there may be something to speak to your character just as an yeah. individual outside of any particular context right. there may be, too. Yeah, of course, they may have thought they were going to get me, too, and if they needed a undercover one one time, they could have me, maybe. No. <laughs> with the uh, the big you know the big crime ring in the in right. the right. <laughs> in the gay bar underground yeah <laughs> we'll have we'll have Blanche be our be yeah. our infiltrating agent but I when I went to um, here I'm young and went to DC and I mean I it was quite a uh, shock to someone young seeing all these things I mean there were people laying you know in the streets you know under the the uh, to get warm, I mm -hmm. guess what I'm trying to say, the the vent or the... Oh, like the air vents or stuff yeah, that would have hot streets, air blown yeah, out of them? Yeah, And that was kind of a wake-up call, and I just, the more I stayed there, I thought, this is not for me. And I'm, I'm not a big city boy. Yeah. So. Is that, uh, I mean, is that something that you think is really... I don't know, makes you kind of this legend in your own right that, like, a lot of folks, especially with your prominence and ability in, you know, the, the performance world and the drag world would just have taken yourself to a Chicago or to a Nashville or a New York or L.A. that just was never really an appeal to you because you like your small-town living. Right, right. I just never, um, never did. You know, I, I was always told, you know, why am I wasting my time around here? Because, I mean, I could go to a city anywhere and be put on a cast, Yeah. you know, as an entertainer. And I, I don't know, I just chose... I think a lot of it was due to family being yeah. around. I was a family person. And, uh, of course, you know, when you move away, you're giving up your family until you come home for a holiday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just kind of why I never did because I know my entertainment value was could have been put somewhere on a cast somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, speaking of traveling, I have traveled a lot over the United States competing in contests and doing shows at other you know, major cities, mm -hmm. but um, I just chose to stay in Southern Illinois, <laughs> home of the Salukis. <laughs> Fabulous, Southern Illinois. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where it's, uh, I mean, what what are some of the more memorable places that you've traveled in and performed in? I mean, what, what kind of sticks out over the Well, I had a, um, you know, like I've, I've been in Dallas and I've been in Nashville and St. Louis and uh, Memphis and... Uh, but one of them that really sticks out, I, I did a show out in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. 
and I was really, really, um, my uh, sister worked at a bar out there, and she got me the booking because I was going out there to see her. And I was looking forward to all these, you know, city girls, you know, doing all this stuff. Uh -huh. Well, it turned out um, they all were, um, their costumes consisted of uh, mini skirts and tube tops. So, boy, did they get a surprise. And, and <laughs> needless to say, they didn't care for me at the end of the night. Yeah. Because I'm the one that raked in all the money because, I mean, I took every feather, uh, every sequin dress you could name in, in the two suitcases that I was able to carry on, mm -hmm. you know, the plane. And, I mean, the costumes were just like, wow, you know, because these people at this bar had never seen anything like that. They're mm -hmm. used to someone coming out in a mini skirt and a tube top. So, I mean, it was, I'd have to say that was a pretty memorable place, San Francisco. Yeah. Cause you know, it's a, it's a big icon of the, of the United States anyway. Um, but I don't know if it was just the type of the bar I was in or what, but their wardrobes and their costumes were not much. <laughs> so, so at the end of the night, Everyone that stood there and made their money wasn't very much, but I had a handful of cabbage. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of entertainers are envy of other entertainers when they make their, their money. And you have a lot of them sit there and watch to see how much they're making. <laughs> so I guess they'd saw that I'd made a considerable amount <clears throat> and had a good time that night. So <laughs> haven't been back since, but. Um, that was probably one of the memorable places. That's great. Well, that yeah. uh, goes to show there's a little bit of a difference between just putting on clothes and dressing up in drag. Exactly. Very much. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of people, when they go to a show, they're expecting to see all that, mm -hmm. you know, and then they don't see it, and then they're disappointed. So I think that's what helps my act is that I kind of make the show kind of just outrageous yeah you know because it's like oh my god what's she gonna come out in next <laughs> you know just like the night i came out in the mermaid costume uh -huh. and had the live goldfish holding in my bra <laughs> i mean the, i had one gentleman he could not figure it out he said honey i either thought i'd had too much to drink or i could have swore them were live fish floating in your in your bra there and i said well guess what they are alive and i took them out they were in bags and i gave them to him and i mean his eyes were you know he said well, i guess i'm not drunk so, i mean you just never know and that's the part of being that i like about myself is, uh -huh. is uh being well, very different well it's proper it's proper entertainment right, right? there there right. is there's one aspect of it that is simply expression Right. right. And, and that is, you know, to say that, you know, no matter if you're in front of one person or 1000 that you want people to know you through your art. But then there's the other side of it that is like treats it like the business that it is. Right. 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 One thing about it, when they leave the show that at the end of the night, they know who they remember my name. <laughs> and that's that's what you want someone to do. Yeah. What uh, I, I mean, with with things, you know, and obviously everybody kind of really latches on to RuPaul's Drag Race because that's that's the thing that has kind of embodied drag as it right. has become this this global phenomenon and not just kind of and you know a a uh, uh, you know a, a piece of entertainment that people just kind of go see on a whim or uh, or whatever it may be um, you know what what do you feel like participating in it from a you know exaggerated point uh, from the get go do you feel like you may have had just on drag culture throughout the country. I mean, I, I know that sounds crazy, like, oh, you know, little old Blanche Dubois and little old Southern Illinois, but I mean, right. you've been doing this and you've been a top tier performer for decades before we really knew what a top tier performer was exactly. in the drag world. Right, right. I mean, I think um, uh, we'll need to put it out there. Drag queens have been around long before RuPaul ever came around. Yeah. And I think her show has helped society understanding it more and maybe accepting it more. Mm -hmm. But I don't agree, I mean, with it because, I mean, it's it's termitically 
hurt our clientele at shows mm -hmm. because now you can sit at home in a recliner, eat your popcorn, and watch a drag show on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're seeing the the type of people that that's all stage first of all. Mm -hmm. And I mean, someone on there that is so attitude -y and all. I mean, it's not always true because I know a lot of them girls on there and mm -hmm. their personalities are not like that. They're they're having to, it's a script. Yeah. And I think that's really made a lot of people um, accept it more, but they, they're they not really knowing the true side of that person, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, um, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, they're, they're... They're, they're painting them out to be a villain mm -hmm. and they're really not. Yeah. And I think that's really... I mean, I, I know that's hurt the the uh, attendance at a show because mm -hmm. I mean, people they'll just stay home and watch it. Huh. But. I hadn't thought about it from from that perspective, but especially something that is very much like a live entertainment piece right. that like there's a it is a different world between a organized stage show in person versus what the cameras can do and what editing can do and what all of the, you know, the Hollywood tricks and whatnot right. do to kind of, you know, gloss over what is like the earnestness yeah. of, you know, a, a performer's life, you know, running through three and four nights a week doing acts and, and open up for anything from again, you know, 15 people in a, in a small town bar to, you know, hundreds or thousands of people in a, you know, in a big, in a bigger staged area. Exactly. Right. And I mean, a lot of them girls on there, some of them have been getting death threats and, you know, all kinds of things because, you know, the way they've portrayed themselves on TV and, you know, because that that fan thinks they're really that, that they're that way, uh -huh. you know, um, and they're not. I mean, I just think it's, it's portrayed drag queens a lot different than what they are. So we need a reality TV show. That's real drag queens of Southern Illinois, not just <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know something to give insight beyond just the 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 RuPaul makeup of it. And I'm I don't I don't watch I don't watch RuPaul, so I don't have any context right. other than kind of what right. you what you share with me here and and kind of what what I hear you and other performers talk about whenever you may try and you know book somebody through or whatever it may yeah. be. That's it's about the most that I've got with it, but I can understand how that plays similarly to anybody that you would see on other TV shows, a big brother or, you know, a survivor or real world or whatever, whatever it may be. I don't know my, my reality TV shows that well, but, um, yeah, no, thinking about now that, yeah, it kind of starts to click. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, and there's different types on there too. It's just not your everyday drag queen. They have, um, the gothic style drag queens and, I mean, they have just different looks about them, you mm -hmm. know, that are, some of them are very outrageous, and it's, it's not a, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's not a glamour show. Uh-huh. Yeah. You think that's like a core component that drag should have to it? It shouldn't just be about costuming, but it should be about the glamour component? That's what I like about drag, yeah, okay. the glamour, yeah. Now the big thing is uh, bearded drag queens, <laughs> and um, I mean, each his own, I not my cup of tea but yeah yeah what um what do you like about kind of what the what the scene has evolved into what what some of the younger folks that are that are doing this now you know people that you you know the people that have been mentored by people that you have mentored right because i mean we're in we're in multiple generations of this now not right. just the people that you've had a direct influence on but the people that have had been influenced by the people that you have had influence on right um What's the? I mean, what do you mean by that? Oh, just, I mean, just just like what? What do you? What do you kind of embrace about what? What things have turned into? Uh, you know, over over the years, kind of how the how the scene in the area has evolved, kind of almost in a three state region, right? Where it's kind of Southern Illinois, Western Kentucky, uh, right? You know, Southeast Missouri. Yeah, I think it's um, each generation has helped the other generation because I mean. You uh, learn a lot from a seasoned entertainer, yeah. and I mean they they start out looking, you know, busted, <laughs> as we say, and maybe three months down the road they're looking great, yeah. you know, because they've listened to 
to that generation, to that mentor. Mm -hmm. And then they, next thing you know, they've got babies under them and they're teaching them how to do it. And then they start out busted and then they, they become, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, they call them skillets too, where they're kind of rough. Skillet. Call them what? Skillets. Skillets? Yeah. <laughs> That's a word or a booger. But, um, yeah, if uh, mentor is a big thing in the uh, world, as long as you listen. A lot of newbies don't want to listen. They think they know it all, mm -hmm. and they don't. It turns out they're busted. How, how I mean, do, do those performers not last as long, like the folks that don't listen and, and won't embrace what – seasoned performers right. have to tell them um some of them do and some don't i mean the ones that don't obviously don't because they're not getting any better and they're not getting any bookings anywhere mm -hmm. and but the ones that listen you can tell because they're still at it is there just kind of like one centralized network of of booking kind of in the area that everybody knows everybody and it just kind of flows yeah. through yeah okay yeah, I mean, everybody knows everybody in the different, you know, surrounding areas. So, pretty much. But right now, Kate Gerardo's the only bar that's open, you know, to work at. Mm-hmm. But I don't travel. With the virus going on, I haven't traveled at all. I mean, it's so, difficult. It's, yeah. you know, trying, because everybody wants to be, you know, that's that's part of where, you know, this podcast, I've been thinking about it for years now but there wasn't really a good time to do it because there was so much other activity well now that there's not as much activity yeah there's places, a lot of free time going on now yeah, yeah. you know and people want to talk about what they do and what their thing is and what they hope to get back to in, <laughs> in right. however soon we can yeah right but no i haven't traveled any i did a um a few shows virtual shows um then I did one for the last one I did was for the uh, Illinois Equality. Um, there I had a big fundraiser. And that was a really that was a really good me, show. They chose me to be a storybook reader. Uh -huh. So I read The Three Little Pigs. <laughs> and then uh, you could, I think, subscribe to watch the different acts. And mm -hmm. I think it was $25 donation. So I don't know how much they raised because... <clears throat> you never hear about that, you yeah. know. They always want you to participate in something, but you never hear the ending. So <laughs> I take it they raised really good. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it was a good, it was an honor to be asked yeah. to do that. So, so. the um, the title of uh, is it Southern Illinois Drag Queen? What is what is your what is your overarching title? Southern Illinois Pride Queen. Southern Illinois Pride Queen. Yeah. Was this um. So were have you have you had any other kind of like monikers or titles throughout the course, or is this just kind of like a, a newer thing? And oh, as no. we develop the the pride activities, that this is kind of you were one of the first people to get the get the the crown and the <laughs> everything that goes with yeah, it. Yeah, that was I was the first one for that. But no, I've had I've won about fifty eight contests. But so. who's counting, right? Yeah, well, when you get when you get my age, you you have to start counting. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that was an honor to be that. But I've held um, titles as Miss Illinois, U.S. of A, and Miss Illinois at Large, U.S. of A, and Missouri, um, Kentucky, Tennessee. I've held a lot of the big names that took me to travel the United States to compete in these pageants, um, the Miss Gay USA contests. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, the winning the Southern Illinois Pride Queen was, um, that was a real good honor. And it looks like I'm going to be that for two years. <laughs> so um, we had it scheduled for April, and then that got canceled. Yeah. So we've been asked to keep our duties going. So the, uh, I, I enjoyed the, the, the parade, the, 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 the driving parade that, oh yeah that, that was fun yeah <laughs> yeah we um we had uh we've been in the christmas parade the holiday parade here and i've been in the st louis pride parade the evansville pride parade but then the we had the uh virtual 
parade here. Uh -huh. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. yep. Yeah, that was that was kind of cute and fun. So and we got a good response from people on the side of the roads and honking yeah. and carrying on and yeah, that was kind of fun day. <laughs> yeah. So you said so. What uh, so you've you've gotten to be in all sorts of parades? Are these are these more recent activities in terms of the the parade activity, or what's what's one of the one of the first memories you have in the in like of doing a parade? The parade. In drag? Um, I've been in the uh, SIU homecoming parade several times, uh -huh. and um, then I've also been I was in the St. Louis Pride Parade before I represented Southern Illinois Pride. Um, I was a title holder Missouri All-American Goddess at large, <clears throat> and I rode in the parade for that. Mm -hmm. So those um, those have been about the parades. I've been asked to be in the Chicago Pride Parade a couple of times, but I never did do it. But, yeah, those are the parades that I've been in. And it's great to be in it because, I mean, everybody's hollering, you know, Blanche, Blanche, you know. <laughs> and you're looking around because there's thousands of people and you can't tell who's hollering. And uh -huh. you hear somebody hollering, throw me some beads or, you know, throw me this or, you know, because we have a lot of giveaways. Uh huh. So. So how does that, how does the giveaway aspect incorporate itself into the performance, right? That's something that I've always been curious about I've, when when doing the drag shows with you or you oh, know just give like, away. you know so is I, it go ahead sorry that's something that i just made up and i started doing it one time and i got such good response and i've heard a lot of people say well, what are you going to give out next week because i've got everything you've ever gave out and i'm like i don't know i'll have to figure out the song and then when i think of the song then it's kind of like I do my costume. I think of the song, and then I pick out what costume I want to make, uh -huh. you know, that fits appropriate for the words, and then that's what I do with the item that I give away also. Is that something that's, like, just specific to this area, or is this something that people do the no, giveaway all over the place? No, this area. Okay. I've, I've never really seen it done anywhere else. Huh. I've noticed a lot of people have um, – uh, there was a – Somebody in Cape Girardeau started doing it one time, you know, kind of, I don't know if it was an honor to be chosen to to do because I did it or if it was a mimic. I, I don't know, uh -huh. you know, but that was done down in Cape. But, no, I've never really seen anybody else do it. It's just something that I've started. Huh, that's interesting. Carried on, yeah. Having, having pretty much only been exposed to shows that either – you have produced or shows that uh, have had uh you know that have been produced by people who you have had an impact on right i for me like that is an integral part of a drag show is like right the giveaway and watching the transaction aspect of like this is like how you actually get people to get up out of their seats beyond the performance and right. get them to you know trade you dollars for right you know just little trinkets and stuff and a lot of people like that fact that they're going to get something you know in return for yeah. you to take home, you know, to remember the drag show. Because a lot of people that come to the drag shows, like at different venues, we have them at straight venues and things, is, has never been to a drag show because mm -hmm. they are not either old enough or they chose not to go into a gay bar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's something they, wow, they, I can take this home, put on my shelf, and everybody that comes over, that was from a drag show, mm -hmm. you know, so-and-so gave me. And... Um, I think that's people like it. Well, and how's it been kind of getting kids involved in it now? Now that there are you know more more family friendly places where families can actually go and you know participate in a drag show as opposed to uh, you know a, a bar where obviously you know right. things are you know nineteen or twenty one or whatever and and up where it's not really a family setting. Yeah, I mean the kids that that come. Uh, we have a particular show at the varsity. It's it's uh, children friendly. And I mean, the families come, and then you have sometimes high school kids come, mm -hmm. you know, as a group that don't want to come with their mom and dad. But yeah. the, the little kids that come with their mom and dad, it's so cute to see them, you know, <laughs> because they, you know, they tiptoe down, you know, and they want to hand you their dollar, and, you know, and and uh, it was funny one to, um, not this last time I had a show, um, 
at the varsity, but I think it was the time before I had gave away items and um, this little girl, she looked like she was probably five, whatever, and gave me her dollar and she was so bashful and she wanted the item that I had, so I gave it to her. Mm -hmm. Well, then I come out my next number, I usually do one giveaway uh -huh. per show. And I come out in my next number and did my song, and I just lip-synced it and moved around, danced around, or whatever. I didn't have any giveaways because there wasn't any. I wasn't doing that there. <laughs> and here come that little girl with another dollar, and she just stood there, and you could see the look on her face because she was wanting me to give her something, <laughs> you know, because that stuck in her mind. And uh -huh. I said, I don't have anything. I'm sorry, sweetie. And, you know, the crowd, you know, roared, you know, because they knew what was going on. But, uh -huh. um I think that's great that, you know, kids can be, um, see what the world's all about. Yeah. Well, that's good. You so. know, it, and I, it just, it, people getting mad in, in more, uh, you know, kind of cut off places. They're like, oh, I don't want drag queen story time at my library. It's like, come exactly. on, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're making a, um, a, a decision for a child that who knows they may grow up to be gay yeah you know and that child's missed out yeah i mean so. just a, a willing a willing experience to allow right. somebody to to better know who they are because until you have exposure to something that is not whatever you know the the homogenous life that you may live you know shielded by your parents from everything out there as, as some people do experience you know you don't right you, you may not know who you are and, you know, it's, it's funny, but a lot of um, kids look up to drag queens as, as somebody famous. Yeah. You know. Even if you're not famous, you look famous. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had that happen. Could we get a picture? My daughter just loves you, and she thinks you are so famous. You uh -huh. know, I've had that, you know, parents ask that, you know, in different shows. And I'm like, sure. I love to be photographed, you know. <laughs> so. Uh that's phenomenal. Yeah. What? Uh, so you you used to have. So I, I I only know you in the context of of now and not before, right? When you may have had a little bit more. Uh, I, I, how's how do I want to say it? Right. The uh, the different physical feats that you were able to perform as a as a drag queen. The the more more vibrant dances, splits, oh, exactly. and other things like yeah. that. Yeah. I've seen I've seen some of the pictures, and it's impressive. Yeah, I was able. <laughs> Yeah, I used to be able to do cartwheels and splits and jump off the rails and um, do all them kind of things. And then uh, I remember one time at the uh, old bar here, they had a swing hanging from the ceiling. Uh -huh. And I would get on the ledge and kind of get that swing over there and set on it. And then it would slide that swing out, you know, so I'm kind of like sideways. Mm -hmm. But I would swing on the swing. And I mean, that's way at the top, you know, and I would do my song or whatever. And I mean, those are things that I wouldn't dare attempt to do now. <laughs> um, but I, I used to back years ago, cut a rug, yeah, as they say, <laughs> um, and do the splits and the cartwheels and all of it. <clears throat> Those days are gone. That's probably why I'm in the shape I'm in today. <laughs> a little, little rough on the body right, to go, right. wouldn't you say? The uh, eight-inch stiletto heels and all that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that tends to cause uh, arthritis. <laughs> so, is that uh, is that one yeah. of the one of the health issues that you deal with more than anything? Is the yes. arthritis? Yeah, arthritis. Yeah, really bad. And then I have stenosis in my back, so that kind of eliminates, you know, any movement really that. That hard, hard dance movement, yeah. Yeah. So I've had, like I said, 44 years of it, so. so. Pretty pretty good run for not being done yet. So now, now I'm what's <laughs> known as a, um, a a ballad stand queen, more or less, so I don't, not much movement. Uh-huh. But that's why I still got to keep up with the beauty and the, the craziness on the stage. Right. So. You always, always find the pivot. Yeah. I'd never stop adapt adapting to what you can do and what the audience is interested in seeing. Exactly. Right. Yep, that is so true. <laughs> so I'm just fortunate to be here and be able to, you know, still do my thing, my hobby. So you, so you just you just consider drag a hobby or do you consider it more than that in life? Um 
I would just call it a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I've never financially depended on it, so I mean that it, I couldn't call it a job. Fair. So I would say a hobby. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, there so are people that depend on it. I mean, that's their income. Mm-hmm. And trust me, <laughs> they're not they're not saving no bank account up. <laughs> you know, because it's just not. Money's is not there like it was. Yeah. So. Did you ever do anything in particular professional work-wise, obviously after the FBI? Yeah, I've always worked ever okay. since I was 14. Um, I've worked in various restaurants, and I did uh, worked in nursing field. And uh, my last job I worked at um, was uh, neurorestorative. Oh, that's I was great. There, I was there 20 years. It's a brain uh, facility, rehab facility here in Carbondale. I've worked there 20 years. And then it got to where I couldn't do any more lifting, so mm -hmm. the doctor wouldn't release me to go back. So I had to give that up. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I've always been a worker. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure, yeah, you know, I mean, 20, 20 years in, you know, in working with folks that have traumatic brain injuries and, and stuff. I mean, that's right. That's a that's dedication. Yeah, that's that's true. Like. You yeah. care. You care about people. Yeah, you care it's for a people. it's a hard and rewarding job, and it could be a very stressful job. You yeah. Know? But I, uh, I always think it's funny because uh, they used to bring the some of the guys to the drag shows when I do a show <laughs> at the university. Uh huh. And I don't know to this day. I don't think they had any clue who I was. <laughs> so. Uh. But they, that'd be an outing for them. Do they uh, they enjoy it for the most oh, part? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I and I and I've interacted with all with all sorts of folks, uh, you know, through neurorestorative in, in different uh, in different places and in ways, right? And it's just you know, it's we've got a lot of cool stuff in and around Carbondale. Yeah. To do. Yep. So. Yep. It's so. good. To, good for them to have. To have activities. That's so funny though that they would have you, you were you were so you were so uh, costumed up. That right. Yeah. That they had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I know one time they had uh, they had me what well, a couple different times perform at the Halloween party. Uh huh. And uh, then they've had me play Santa Claus there too before. So I've been all <laughs> kinds of theatrical stuff. <laughs> but the Halloween party I did. Um, from Hocus Pocus. Uh-huh. Uh, what's her name? The Bette Midler character? Winnie. Yeah. Wasn't it Winnie? I, I'm, now I'm in trouble for not yeah, being a Hocus Pocus watcher. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I think I've seen Hocus Pocus <laughs> one time, but I thought that costume of Bette Midler was so amazing, and I uh -huh. had that made. And uh, Winifred, I think, is her name. If you're all listening to me out there, correct us, because we're not sure. <laughs> but... but uh, We'll uh, we'll we'll know we'll know by the time uh, right You'll by the time everything's posted. There'll be comments back on that. <laughs> how did how so. did Blanche not know who yeah. the right hocus pocus person was? It's like calm so. calm down now. Calm I just down. know it was Bette Midler. So <laughs> like I said, I played that. I think I've watched that maybe one full time, and the other times you know just hit and miss, you know, watching it. But yeah, but uh, that character was very cool. So I did that for the party. They never had. They didn't have any clue who I was. <laughs> so. Super dressed up. Right. So you you were talking about having uh, just done an interview with the Southern for, um, you said Phyllis. What is Phyllis's last name? Was it uh, Phyllis? I'm sorry. I'm I'm messing up names now. I'm not. Oh, you talking about the the story on the person? Yeah. Is for Paulette. Oh, Paulette. Yeah, okay. Paulette. No, shame on me. Now I'm. In Paulette place. used to own the. Uh, bar here in town, Main Street East. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how uh, how how was that interview? How was like recalling all those stories of like the first, you know, the she was like the first gay bar in Southern Illinois. Was that the? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, they we just talked about different events that went on there, and um, um, you know, they just asked me questions about the bar life and. How things, how times have changed, and yeah. all. So, kind of, kind of this conversation where where things have been, and right, where things right. are now, and right, 
and all that fun but, stuff. Uh, they had uh, included a couple people that work for Paulette in the story, and mm -hmm. I was one of them they chose. So, so did you did you used to work at the bar too? Yeah, I worked at Main Street East. That's when I was doing cartwheels and splits and <laughs> swinging from the swing. Yeah. Were you were you were you just working like as a as a performer? Or were you yeah, bartending performer. and other stuff too? Performer. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. not sure if there was yeah. more more on that end or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paula. In her story, it was kind of funny. She uh, they said she had told that they had a bunch of religious protesters out in front of the bar one night when it opened and. Mm -hmm. She said, I just sent my uh, drag queen Blanche Dubois out there to tend to them, and they all, uh, and her comment was, what are you doing here on my corner? And they all vanished. <laughs> so, <laughs> she sent me out there and, you know, drag, so, yeah. And that was my th comment. What are y'all doing here on my corner? And they they immediately vanished off the the protest line. That's in the article, so. That's, oh my yeah. gosh, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> just, so. just brush them off, make them, make them think they're too close <laughs> to well, something yeah, they really I mean, don't like. Yeah. Shame on them. That was a religious group that didn't want any part of the gay life, let alone a uh, drag queen. <laughs> let alone for somebody to drive by and think, oh, is that where, is that the same corner that drag queen hangs out on? Exactly. Oh, and now we're on it. Oh no. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, what are uh, I mean? Are, do you do you feel comfortable talking about some of the more difficult experiences you've had with uh, with folks? I mean, you know, you know, whether it's in group settings or individual settings. Just I mean, again, well, I really have been very lucky. I really don't haven't had a lot of problems um, as far as physically. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the name calling's gone on a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's everywhere. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> never really honestly say I, I have had anything, any bad things. Um, I know I've, I've been accepted very well, and mm -hmm. I think that's just um, doing it for so many years that everybody knows who I am. And, I mean, I frequent, you know, a lot of straight bars, and I don't have any issues um, who I am and what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not every day you see a, a man come in a bar, straight bar, with 50 pounds of makeup on and <laughs> big hair and three pair of eyelashes. But, I mm -hmm. mean, people have accepted it. Um, PKs, I go there occasionally, and then uh, Trey Sombres. And, I mean, it's honestly, you can say I really haven't had a lot of trouble. That's great. That's uh, phenomenal. And, I, you know, I, having only grown up kind of in the, in the mid 2000s to to now you know not really having a you know much of an understanding of what any sort of life would have been like you know before that for you know in the in the 70s 80s 90s whatever it may have right been to you know to to have to, to have to handle what was a much more acceptable difference of thought then versus now where it's like come on what do you mean you can't just accept people for who they are right, right. It's, a, it's a little bit of a different yeah different space that we're in now than we were you know before right. i was even alive not <laughs> yeah i mean people just pretty well i mean other like i said other than the name calling and all there was really no violence or anything on my side good good so that was great how uh, how involved have you been with rainbow cafe um pretty much um been involved with them for three or four years um have do a lot of benefits for them to raise money. And um, then when I won the contest, then that put me there with them a little more, mm -hmm. um, representing their name, you know, behind me and a lot. And um, so pretty well, anytime there's a benefit, I'm there <laughs> donating my time. And then um, when they have a, bin a bingo, I'm the bingo caller. Yeah. Sister Blanche. <laughs> I'll either be the sister Blanche calling the bingo or be the old lady bingo lady. <laughs> so we have charity benefits for that. And uh, so, yeah, pretty well. Um, anytime there's a benefit, I'm there willing to help raise money because I think that's a great organization. It's, yeah. I've said that all along. It's a shame that that 
organization, something like that, wasn't around years ago when I came out because yeah. you just went out on your own and you had nowhere to go, you know, nowhere to turn or ask for advice or help or, you know, you just, to meet gay people, you had to go to the bar, Yeah. you know. Is that part of why the bar is such a center point for your for your life, kind of just in, in context of, like, that's where you would socialize and how right. where you could develop community at? Right, yeah, okay. that's where I met a lot of, you know, a lot of friends and sisters of, you know, drag queens and things like that through the bar. I mean, I mean, there's nowhere else. <clears throat> Back then, there was no social media. Yeah. You know, there was no internet. So... That's about the option you went. <laughs> so, so that's why I think that's great for the kids to get involved in. Yeah. So. Just developing a, a social. At an early, a yeah, at an early age. I mean, understanding, you know. So. Well, I imagine it would be tough for the folks that, you know, years ago may not have been as interested in going to a bar, to meet folks versus you know what their interest in a difference of social scene would be so i guess being a <laughs> yeah. being more in tune with the nightlife was kind of helpful well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i love it i love it is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about blanche i you know i wasn't sure kind of where the where our conversation would go i you know i usually just kind of tee it up and and see where we where we land but i wanted people to just you know hear hear your story and now we've got one more little piece of cataloged history of Southern Illinois, the right. history that is Blanche. <laughs> uh, no, there's really nothing else. Um, I just wish, like I said, we get this virus to be solved so we get back to our everyday, you know, enjoyment of life. Um, like I said, I haven't uh, did any shows. Um, I did the virtual, and then I did a, actually did do a drag show um, last Friday at Vanyaka Winery. Really? It was a private birthday party uh -huh. um, for 20 people. But um, other than that, as far as a big venue or anything, I haven't got out, and I'm, I'm ready to get out. Yeah. Um, so, no, I really don't uh, have anything else we haven't gone over. Just everybody stay safe and find a cure. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Blanche. I really do. All I really right. do. And uh, that is, is episode number six. Interesting people with their interesting stories all tied together here in Carbondale. Uh, Blanche Dubois, uh, the mother, mother queen of the drag scene in <laughs> southern Illinois. I don't even know which, which, which phrase or which label to give it. but <laughs> well, Yeah, mother. Everybody calls me mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So we appreciate you, folks. Have a good one. Bye.